I'm Tyler. It's a wolf thing. Dennering. <laughs> I'm Connery Month Montage Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my favorite part of this movie. I gotta really? say. It's I ripped straight say. from Pride and Prejudice. Not only is or or Notting Hill. There's or also a, a, a more subtle transition in Notting Hill like that with the seasons. <laughs> yes. But uh, <laughs> they have to put the uh, the months actually in a in a uh, a little title card in this yeah. movie. So but, uh, we're talking. <laughs> this is the franchise. If you don't know, if this is your first episode for some reason, <laughs> you're just tuning in for just New Moon. This is the franchise, and we're talking about, as I just said, Twilight New Moon, the second Ooh. installment in the Twilight series. And with us is our friend and self-proclaimed twihard, Epiphany Holbert. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Epiphany. I'm I'm an official twihard. Like self-proclaimed is not correct. A dis a disservice. <laughs> it's she not is enough. Oh yeah, no. I I fully. I mean, was am I got rid of a lot of it. But if you go through my childhood room, you'll find little bits and pieces of leftover twihardness. <laughs> it's like t- fossils of twilight. Little bits, little like Jacob's music box. <laughs> You know, Twilight <laughs> duct tape, a Christmas ornament of all three of them, the limited edition perfume that they got sued for because it looked too much like DNYKs. Yeah, just like a couple little things that have slowly not been thrown out just yet. All these things that I do not know. <laughs> but uh, I should have said resident scholar instead of self-proclaimed Twihard. Thank you. Because, yeah, uh, that's more acceptable. You ba- It's to the point, I guess, basically, where you probably wrote in to have like an official degree or something. <laughs> Uh, you know, my room was featured on Ellen at one point when they were doing the oh, Twilight. Wow. They did the Twilight episode when they were talking about like how crazy fans were getting when it was the heat of Twilight. And I sent in a picture of my room, and she put it on the show because oh, that's dang. wow. If you can imagine what my room looked like, do you do you have like a link or anything? We, we <laughs> that would be so good to like put in the show notes or something. I I don't. It's it's a fossil from pre YouTube. I'll have to look up Ellen uh, Twilight. Oh, God, please don't find it. Somewhere I have a printed (laughs) photo that I sent in. If I can find it, I'll send it to you guys. But just picture, like, hot pink walls, because Avril Lavigne, right? And then just framed posters. (laughs) It was all New Moon Era, too. I got all my merch, New Moon Era. So it's all, like, that brown color scheme they use. with Like, Jacob with the cut hair when everyone suddenly became Team Jacob because he looked hot now. (laughs) And I have, like, my bedspread has just Edward's face on it. (laughs) <laughs> and I had, I had Bella's bedding from the movie. She has like a purple bedspread with like black leaves on wow. it, and I had that bedding as well. That's one of the dresses she wore because it was from like Forever Twenty One. Yeah, you had all that vintage merch, and you don't have it anymore. You know, I went to high school, and I I looked at my <laughs> life, and I was like, I think it's time to like. I slowly I gave it to younger people. I passed it on mm. to the next nice. generation. So that framed photo of Edward, Bella, and Jacob, it lives on in someone else's hands. I mean, hopefully. I hope so. They were nice. They were framed. They were behind glass. The one I kept is I have one that the cast signed because I went to a a midnight thingy, and they were all there, and I went through the line, and I got signatures, and I've kept that. And I've kept my record with their faces on it because I want to see if it still plays. You're so oh, you freaking have... hardcore at this. <laughs> I, I, you have a record of this soundtrack? I have a record from, I think it's just like Supermassive Black Hole and like Bella's Lullaby. It's like two songs. And it has their oh. faces printed on it. And I had it hung on my wall. I also had a life-size cardboard cutout while we're mentioning things. 
Whoa. Of, uh, of who? Edward or Jacob? Of all three of them. It was it was wow. but it was one cutout. It was one cutout of all okay. three of them from New Moon. I didn't era. know if you like cut them out separately from each other. So it's like when you're in like a certain kind of hmm. mood, you're like, Yeah, I'm Team Jacob today. I'm Team Edward today. I like most fans was Team Edward reading the books and then Team Jacob in the movie when I saw him. Wow. I made the jump as soon as he cut his hair. Like many. <laughs> I was really upset when that happened. Watching this movie, I've, I've forgotten, I feel like, most everything about Twilight. And then watching this, I was like, he has rage issues. And I, oh, yeah. I don't know if that... If people are Team Jacob in the movie, I'm very worried for them because he's terrifying. Yeah, watching it back now that I'm older, I, I pick up on some some slightly more problematic relationship behaviors. But yeah. as a kid, you're just like, but he loves her and they're meant to be. Yeah, he's be. a wolf. He's also like 16 or something, but... You know, in high school, in high school, it doesn't matter like nearly as much. You know, it's just like, yeah. oh, I'm a junior, you're a senior, or whatever. But I'm just and like, my boyfriend's 106. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. I guess we should. Uh, well, actually, before we get into the movie proper, um, Fifty, usually we talk about anything that we've been watching recently, or playing, or reading. Basically, any kind of <laughs> media that we've been consuming. Is there anything that you've been reading or watching oh, or no. listening to that you could recommend? To the audience. <laughs> no one wants any of my recommendations. Uh, I've been told true. to watch Umbrella Academy, and it's been on my list forever, but I have yet to start it. Otherwise, I go down a lot of internet holes, so I have a lot of niche interests. Lately, I've discovered Chinese web novels, which are Ooh. books written by people online that are thousands of chapters that have been translated <laughs> to English. So I'm on like chapter 2000 of like a 5,000 chapter book <laughs> that is updated weekly. So one day I'll catch up. But are they good? Like what, 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 what is what's it? your favorite one about? Uh, the titles I can't remember because they're horribly translated. But the book is good. It's like a girl that dies and wakes up in like a future militaristic world. And what's interesting about reading something that long format is I've gone through her entire childhood, her entire college, high school, and like now she's in the military. And I've there were full like books worth. So you just like really mm. read through a character's whole life because you're reading wow. thousands of chapters. So that's been an interesting find. But otherwise, I don't know. I watch a lot of YouTube. That's more where I where I lie. Nice. Give us your favorite yeah. channel, Epiphany. Oh, I'm so cliche. Cody Ko, Noel Miller, Drew Goodham, Danny Gonzalez, the the Zillennial lineup, as they've been called. Curtis Connor, the works. I don't know any of them, so I guess I'm just lying. You don't know any of those? That is like I the, didn't either. I was like, I don't know like who the, these people are. They're the quintessential, like millennial dash gen z youtubers they were most of them were viners that jumped to youtube oh. and they just do a lot of commentary videos and kind of cody ko is known for that's cringe where he basically reacts to other people's cringy videos and gives commentary they're both really funny they have a podcast too called tiny meat gang that i love oh, yeah nice. i mostly just can't believe you heard of none of them no i just <laughs> i mostly just uh watch star wars like meme parody videos <laughs> on youtube mm, that turn yeah. out not to be or on good different sides of youtube <laughs> or, uh, when I'm... i just forget that people like aren't on youtube 24 yeah. 7 my sister is not a social media person at all and i'll i'll mention some viral video or something that happened and she has no idea she doesn't know who james charles is she doesn't know what's happening online whatsoever and i forget that like people people's whole lives are on the internet yeah my uh <laughs> my girlfriend lily's definitely like more involved in the social media world because it's like part of her job <laughs> so mm. i know like james charles i know like the like most well-known people and then i also the know big names like plant youtubers because she's really into what's the term <laughs> i guess like not urban gardening but 
you know, um, home, Botany. home plants and stuff. Botanists. Yeah. In, yeah, there's a, there's a niche for everyone now. It's crazy. YouTube and TikTok and all that's so big now that there's a community no matter what your weird interest is. What's new with me? Uh, today was new comic book day, so I'll tell you my favorite one that I got, which was uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead. And it's about like a little sci-fi story, and it's about a crew that kind of mines the dead bodies of gods. Oh. And it, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's just in the first issue, but it's by Al Ewing, the same guy who's doing Immortal Hulk, Hulk Tyler. Nice. And Guardians of the Galaxy, too, actually. And I think he's fantastic. I've been just devouring everything he sends out, and I think uh, this one's especially really good. So, yeah, um, we only find them when they're dead. I recommend it. Well, right after watching New Moon on Hulu, <laughs> because, by the way, I think in the last episode I mentioned that all these movies are on Amazon. Guess what? It's September now. Mm-hmm. Psych! They're all on Hulu now. <laughs> Dang. Because that's, that's how the streaming wars work. It's just like, hey, I try to recommend like how to watch these movies for free, or like quote-unquote free. As long as you have the, uh, you pay for that app or whatever. But now they're on a different app. So if you want to watch any of the Twilight yeah. movies, go to Hulu. You could Take find that. them online somewhere. Yeah. You could oh, probably sure. just uh, murder them, you know? Murder <laughs> 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 We're not yet. We're not endorsing anything. Yeah. The next movie that showed up on my queue for some reason was the Nick Cage movie Primal. Oh. <laughs> which came out last year. <laughs> and I thought, judging from the trailer, which I saw like last year, um, I thought it was like Nick Cage on a boat fighting a like a white leopard, like a badly CG white leopard. But it's not even that really. It's really just like this former like Navy SEAL guy goes kind of like berserk and like, killing everybody on the boat. And Nick Cage is just like a big game hunter. But I uh, that's the last thing I saw. I can't really recommend it. I will say, however, uh, if you do, if you are craving that like modern Nick Cage vibe definitely check out left behind which came out a few years it's like the reboot oh my god <laughs> he's pretty good in that it's like it's i would say it's quintessential nick cage like epiphany would you call that funny. a mandatory village christian i was viewing? just about to say that is any <laughs> private christian school's mandatory viewing that veggie tales like those are the ones we were all forced to watch at some point in our childhood passion of the christ oh yeah i don't I don't think Phil showed us that. I think that was too too risque. Maybe too much. Yeah. yeah. Too risque. Yeah, I think like I I haven't seen the Dean Cain ones. Uh, I don't hear great things, honestly. But I mean, the new <laughs> one isn't great either. But I think it's like striving to be more like a like blockbuster action movie kind of thing. Well, like trying to draw in an audience, but then they just like never made a sequel. So it's pretty fun to watch, well, to be honest. Go. In terms of like an actually really good thing to watch, Past and Future Guest Lily Young and I just watched uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark on HBO Max. It's about Ooh. the Golden State Killer and Michelle McNamara's whole research into him and like helping him get caught, basically. Michelle McNamara, if you don't know, she was basically like a citizen detective really into like true crime and everything and uh coincidentally also married to Patton oswald the comedian Hmm. unfortunately she passed away before the golden state killer was caught it just goes into her personal research and everything and obsession with like tracking him down and also interview like a lot of the victims and everything of all the events all the horrible events that that person (laughs) committed and everything but um yeah, I think ultimately it's like a very empathetic documentary about people and like moving on and but also recognizing like just being stronger than like your like a victims being stronger than their whatever happened to them and everything, you know. So <laughs> I guess that's a bit rambly, but it, it's very good. I definitely recommend it if you have, I don't know, like four hours to spend. It's about six episodes long. 
on HBO Max. But I think it's very important, especially if you live in California, to follow the how that whole thing went down. Because um, sure. now, like just very recently, like the past couple of months, Golden State Killer was uh, sentenced to something like I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something along. It's like at least 13 lifetimes in prison or something like that. So. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> Not to get too dark about stuff, but it's really good. <laughs> Speaking of justice, you know who demands justice and treaties to be accorded and adhered to at all times? Uh, Jacob Black. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Volturi. No, because he Jacob's the one who's rambling on about the treaty all the time. Yeah, what is the tr- what treaty is he talking about? Epiphany, what treaty are they talking about? Did you watch the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't. All the exposition so like, got confusing. I'm sorry. So basically, like the werewolf tribe has been there forever. Right. And the Collins came at some point to live because they didn't want the sun to shine on them. And they made a pact <laughs> that they wouldn't like cross a certain into a certain area and they wouldn't kill people in the town. And then the, them and the werewolves like wouldn't fight because when their ancestors first met, they were like going to go at it. But then Carlisle was like, no, we're nice vampires. So they made a pact yeah. that they wouldn't cross into Native American land and they wouldn't kill people. So that's the deal mm-hmm. that he's referring to. Gotcha. Because there's a whole yeah. flashback with like old fashioned Carlisle. Meeting Native it's, Americans it's in the woods. <laughs> they put sepia tone on it, so you know what happened in the past. In the past, yeah. <laughs> and of course, when they opened their mouth, just like a black word box appeared with white text. <laughs> they said something, and then nothing showed up, and then it, yeah, just cut to a word box. And then Charlie Chaplin walked by and like fell down some stairs or something. <laughs> I did know the treaty just from like Jacob saying like, oh, like when w- later on in the movie when Alice is still at the house and Jacob's like, oh, like of course I wouldn't hurt you. You're a colon. Uh, and they were hunting Victoria. That's her name, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like an actual aggressive vampire. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which whom may I mention was recast and upset me very <laughs> yeah. much as a child. Yes, <laughs> she's re- what, recast now I like Eclipse? don't care. But or... <laughs> it was Bryce Dallas Howard originally, right? Or it became Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes, but uh, to be to be fair, her only job in that movie is just to run around and like be a redhead. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the first movie, it really ends with her like looking at the camera, basically being like, "Oh, I have business still to do." And then like in this movie, she's mm. basically just like chased after until she just jumps into the ocean and swims <laughs> away. Wait, so have you watched all the movies, or is this your first time like going through them properly? Uh, I watched them all like eight years ago. So, actually, I never watched the very last one. Oh, that's the juiciest one. This movie's my cutoff. You're in for a lot. Yeah. The last the last movie is is a lot. Good. If you've read the books, they're pretty accurate to the books. Almost too mm. accurate to the books, some would say. Mm. But the last one has a very strong deviation. That, that later turns out maybe not to be that crazy. But at the time of watching, people, I was in the theater and people freaked out out we were all looking this isn't this isn't this isn't in the book like people were like talking and screaming (laughs) and frantically flipping through their pages of twilight breaking dawn the thing i'll never forget from like i went to every movie at midnight as you do no matter what state Mm -hmm. i was in or whatever my parents god bless them dragged us to a movie theater at midnight to watch them and the thing I'll always remember about Twilight is just the reactions in the theater because everyone was such a big fan of it and read the book so many times. Like they would walk on screen and you'd get like, ooh, like whenever Edward appeared, like everyone knew what was coming and was so just excited to see them. 
Mm-hmm. And now I watch it back and I see those like slow mo walking shots. And I'm like, <laughs> if you weren't a huge fan of this and you weren't in the theater, you didn't read the book, like none of these shots make sense. Yeah. But at the time, yeah, like, everyone was like, oh my God, it's Edward. Oh my God, it's like the spinach ravioli. Like all of those things were like specific <laughs> references that everyone was like right, waiting for and excited for. Belladonna. That's what people do. <laughs> people would meet up before the movie. They would like dress up like whoever and they would go get, I think, mushroom ravioli at like an Italian restaurant and then wow. they'd go see the movie. That was the thing to do. Why? Was mushroom ravioli in, featured at In the point? first movie on Edward and Bella's quote unquote date, that's what she oh, orders. She orders mushroom ravioli. Yeah. Okay. Is that when he's talking about uh, all the people, all the things people are thinking about, like sex money, sex money, cats? Is that the same yes. scene? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and he's like doing those sweet donuts in the parking lot and saves her. <laughs> I was gonna ask what your personal relationship with Twilight is, but I think you definitely, you've definitely answered it at this point. <laughs> I think I've illustrated. But I, I really, I just like cemented it. In middle school, I walked through campus, and every girl I knew was holding the same book, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> And they were like, you have to read it. It's the book of our generation. It's the best. Like, people forget how big Twilight was. I, I could not walk through campus without seeing just everyone ever holding it. So being a middle schooler who has to do what everyone else does, I immediately bought it. And I read them all like 10 times. And then it, like the first movie came out right when I finished the books. And it was like still like that movie's almost an indie. They didn't have much of a budget or anything. But it's pretty true to the original and then it blew up and became like the giant sensation it was. And people, yeah. you know, I started going to midnight showings and doing all the little events they did and all of that. So it was definitely a big part of my childhood. Yeah, this movie made so much money. Yeah, it set off all the YA movies to follow, too. Think about that. Definitely. Hunger Games, Maze Runner. For years, we were getting YA spinoffs. We still getting YA spinoffs. We are um, Mortal Engines. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, kind of. oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Didn't that tank? Yeah, it did. it did. It tanked hard. Same with Valerian, too. It's just books that right. don't have enough of a fan base going in and that are so weird, but no one's read the source material, so they don't get it. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. tend to work out. Yeah, Twilight hit that real sweet spot. It's like, that was what the Marvel movies are now. Yeah. With people, like, cheering, going crazy in the theaters for, like, a character showing up. Yeah, it's just guaranteed to, like, make ridiculous money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone's so into it. And then they make like everything into merch. You can buy anything yes. that's happened in the whole movie. There's definitely something to <laughs> say about like a general audience perspective on these movies. I've just already realized from rewatching like even up to the second movie where um, mm-hmm. people getting upset <laughs> about mm-hmm. how these movies don't really like, I feel like they don't really translate the books very well to like movies. I mean, in general, mm-hmm. yes, but like there's several like moments that you wouldn't fully understand unless you read the book, I would think. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Like, especially the first movie where, uh, like, especially when Edward first sees uh, Bella in the, in, the, <laughs> in the biology class or whatever, he's, like, about to throw up, basically. You're like, mm-hmm. what is happening? But if you read the book, it would make more sense. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, I guess I've never thought about, like, watching the movies and not reading the books, yeah. like, how lost people must have been. And, like, yeah. They were just meant for the book. People that read the book, they were so. I, I think that's why they were so popular, though, because they were so so meant for the people that read the book. Yeah, that mm-hmm. everyone was like pretty happy with it. Like at this point, I would love to see th- these movies in a theater, like just straight marathon them with like a bunch of like people mm-hmm. who read the book and like, because I miss that whole 
moment when these movies were coming out. I never saw any of these in theaters. Mm. Uh, I did watch oh, yeah. them, you know, like years ago or whatever, like at home, most of them at least. But it's just not the same thing, especially if you haven't seen them. Because yeah. I think when The Hobbits were coming out, The Hobbit movies, they re-released mm. the Lord of the Rings movies, like the extended editions in theaters. And I remember going to like Burbank and seeing mm. some of those. And it was just like such a cool experience to see those like 10 years after the movies came out. So. Yeah, that'd be really fun to, like, just have, like, a screening and have all, like, the fans come again and, like, watch them and just get all the reactions and all the fun of experiencing it. Because I think that's what, like, I think, like, newer kids now don't realize. Like, they see all the memes about it, but they don't realize that it was everywhere. Mm -hmm. You could not escape Twilight. It was on your Burger King bags. There were posters. (laughs) It was all, it was, the whole internet was just Twilight stuff. I mean, yeah, they just don't do that stuff anymore in terms of, like, uh that huge amount of advertising for things like even mm-hmm. uh, even more so like the 90s like big blockbuster movies like some like batman movies or even like star wars mm-hmm. episode one there was so much advertising for like taco bell mm-hmm. and like burger king and everything like i remember those yeah the last big one i can think of was civil war when they did like the captain america versus iron man all of that like marketing stuff yeah yeah for yeah, sure I, miss it. I wish they still did that i have some like glass jars of different franchises from uh, when i was a kid i can't even remember which ones but should we talk about the actual yeah movie yeah we should talk <laughs> about the actual movie <laughs> where does this movie stand basically for you in terms of the entire franchise honestly new moon is i think kind of the one a lot of people forget about mm-hmm. because the first one's Ooh. the introduction to everything the last i guess movie wise the last two or the big things that everyone remembers because it ended everything then i feel like eclipse and new moon kind of get a little lost in the middle but as far as the books go new moon was one of my favorites i think that was yeah. every middle school girl's like emo phase because yeah. you get that like bella was depressed that was like the week of my life that i was just like you know hood up like going through the halls, like sad music. That was just everyone's angst phase. So I remember the reading the book more than any others because it was just the fun of, I guess, being sad and like being an angsty teenager. <laughs> the yeah. fun of being sad. I mean, that's kind of like this whole thing. Like there's definitely, I mean, you kind of hinted at before Epiphany. It's just like, yeah, some of the, <laughs> you look at it now, some of the relationships in this movie are uh, are pretty problematic, but. It definitely at the same time felt like exactly in a lot of ways how I felt in high school. Mm. <laughs> just about relationships, especially, where it's just like, I don't know, there's so many instances where Bella's just like basically like, I'll die for you, Edward. It's just like, why? Mm. You don't even really know him. You're like 17. <laughs> like, oh. yeah, he's like, you know how I feel about you. Yeah, I've been dating you for two months. I know <laughs> you. It all feels. Well, like a bit of time passes in between the books. Yeah. They're supposed to be dating for like kind of a while, but they're soulmates. They just know. Yeah. <laughs> they just know. Don't and apparently she's it. immune to every vampire power ever, so she's something special. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's that. which I think is a big part of like YA novels. Like, you are different, you are special. Mm-hmm. I, the mm-hmm. second I smelled you, I just knew. Just <laughs> like smelled you. <laughs> that whole Ever since thing. I almost threw up seeing, looking at you in biology class, <laughs> I knew you were the one. Ever since my eyes rolled back into my head like a shark when I first feasted on your wrist to suck out yeah. vampire poison, I knew yeah. you were different. It's definitely... I mean, stories are the most fun when your characters are like going through stuff. Yeah. The rest mm-hmm. of the series, I think, is a little more like they're solid in their relationship for the most part. This is the one where you're like, maybe they're actually going to break up, kind of, because they start setting up Jacob yeah. and bringing him in, and they start that whole romance thing. So this, I feel like it's like the most turbulent kind of one. 
Yeah, because Jacob's really, really nice at first, and then he turns into like a homicidal rage machine. <laughs> He's a werewolf. It's not his fault. Yeah. I mean, you'd think they'd just be kind and loyal and just want to protect the people they love, similar to vampires, but he'll lash out at anybody, oh, apparently. Like, well, like, if you make me mad, I'll kill you. I'm like, well, you're dressed like the Hulk, so I believe you. Yeah, you just wait till the last movie. You'll get some of that loyalty. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's, everyone in this movie is very hormonal. Jacob not only is a teenager, but also an anime wolf. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, there's some good, like, cinematic moments in this movie, though. Going back and looking at yeah. clips, I remembered moments. Like, the first movie, the baseball scene, is the one everyone talks about. Yeah. Like, the perfect mm -hmm. just music to film. That'll always be one of my favorites. This one has oh, some yeah. good ones, too, though. Somebody reminded me of the one where she jumps in the water, and, like, Edward mm -hmm. slowly rises up, and her arm, like, passes through him. Yeah, and right. then her whole, her depression scene where the camera mm -hmm. turns. I just remember being in theaters and being wowed by, like, some creative film choices, which is nice to see in like a kind of kids movie. Yeah, there's a part I got really excited for. I thought that Edward and Jacob were gonna fight. It's like their last confrontation scene. It's like the last five mm. minutes. Of the oh movie, yeah, I think. And that piano score is going on in the background, and I really like it. I'm kind of like, oh my god, am I gonna get like like a slow piano, but like really visceral fight scene between Edward and like a wolf? This is gonna be <laughs> sick. And then, and then they don't fight because Bill's like, you can't fight while I'm here because you might hurt me. And mm. I'm like. Ah, shit, you ruined it. I wanted some, like, dramatic piano to, like, them just ripping each other. <laughs> Welcome At to least Twilight. for a little bit. I just wanted, like, five minutes of that, but Twilight it's okay. Twilight is almost fighting and then not. <laughs> That's, like, so much of the whole series. Almost fighting and then not. Almost kissing and then not. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Kissing and then abruptly stopping. Yeah. Rewatching it now, I didn't realize how much, like, just like forehead and nose like touching and like grunting noises they're making <laughs> i never noticed that as a kid but now every like watching it back i was like why are they like uh, uh, like the whole time and oh my god his accent really bleeds through once or twice <laughs> who uh edwards? come and take a walk with me bella bro come on when he's like leading her to the woods his accent he's full british in that line yeah come and take a walk <laughs> Come and take a walk. Come and take me. a walk. I'm gonna dip you and leave you in the woods. He goes full cockney. <laughs> he just like yeah, gives up halfway through. I will say, like, us uh, starting this franchise, I wasn't completely certain what appeals to me in these movies. But even on just watching the second movie, there's definitely, like, this whole thing, like you're saying, these, like, cinematic moments. Mm. Like, like Connery was mentioning, too, like, the seasons changing mm. and everything. Yeah, there's moments like that in this movie. That's that's kind of like very much my jam in a way where it's just like, mm. is this scene something that you could just like make fun of? Yes, but you could also just like take it seriously at the same time. Like there's two different perspectives on it, basically, where you could just be laughing through this whole movie or you could just be like halfway in the middle, basically, where you're like laughing, but having nostalgia for like your own teenage years. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a teenager, yeah. probably you're just like, this is my life. This is also true. <laughs> I really wish I was like as emo as you guys in high school. I, I just don't have that feeling associated with high school if at only all. you were like depressed you in high school, Connery. <laughs> you didn't need to be emo. You just read Twilight instead this is this is our emo phase is reading twilight and like feeling like this and then we didn't have to do it in real life wanting to ride a motorcycle just to see the force ghost of the man you love <laughs> yeah because people bag on bella a lot especially like christian Stewart's acting because she's very stuttery and clumsy and whatever but like bella is that quintessential ya main character like brown hair brown eyes i'm not like mm. other girls i like to read books mm. like she's meant to be like the reader so you're reading and you're like you know like bella doesn't exist when you read the book you're bella 
She's literally just a character that you put yourself on. So in the movies, like, she gets all this flack for it, but in the book, that's what she is. She's almost a non-existent character. Like, you're kind of meant to be here, so it's kind of hard to play someone that is just meant to be a blank piece of paper for everyone else to be interesting on. I never, ever thought of that. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean... Mm. Because it would it explains so much. It's like, literally, there are times when she's like, when nobody's around, I don't know what to do. I'm like, of course you don't know what to do, because, like, there's nobody for you to do anything with. Like, if you're our lens then it's like we have nothing to focus on mm. and she doesn't have any hobbies or things she likes to do it's just she's not a character she's she's us yeah that's kind of kind of the vibe are people have made fun kind of that of there's some youtube video where someone like reenacts being like a ya novel character and i don't i don't know i'm just clumsy and i fall a lot and i take my glasses off and you realize i'm pretty like it's all of those kind of cliches you could say, like, even the first Star Wars is kind of a YA novel kind of thing, because, like, Luke is just, like... A clumsy nerf herder. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, a dweeb, and, like, he doesn't have a lot of character, and you just, like, project onto him in a lot of ways. Yeah, so this definitely tapped into a lot of my just, like, emo nostalgia, basically, <laughs> which I enjoyed a lot just revisiting these, and, and uh, I just realized I'm becoming old in a way, because... <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely just like yeah this movie is so 2009 like there's so many oh, things yeah, like being in film and everything there's been like certain stories that i've like wanted to eventually be like oh that'd be so cool to turn into a movie like as like a as a uh, period piece like I, I i'm kind of obsessed mm. with the idea of like a period piece of like 2009 or like 2011 or something <laughs> like that's just gonna happen at some point like inversely of that i'm just like Oh no, I'm like the new boomer or something <laughs> compared to like <laughs> like Zoomers or whatever. I'm like, oh, like millennials, like we're I'm just feeling my age basically watching these movies. Yeah. Being like It's it's destined to happen to us all. Once you have to tell someone yeah. to remember when and why something was popular, <laughs> exactly. then you start to you start to feel a little old. But like watching Twilight is just putting yourself back mm. in two thousand nine. Because it's everything yes. that was happening then. Rewatching this dialogue, I was like, how did I not hate this yeah exactly <laughs> one point he's like i'm not when jacob's talking to Bella, he's like i'm not good and i was like damn <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody put that in a script and he had to put emotion on that yeah that's the whole thing when they're like walking by the ocean her and uh jacob like i don't know like mm. an hour and a half into the movie or whatever and she's just like so you're a werewolf and he's just like <laughs> like how do you act in a scene where you just start talking like that <laughs> yeah so it's, like, not even really the actor's fault. Like, I, I think Taylor Lautner's probably the weakest point. But even then, it's just, like, what do you do with this dialogue? When someone just straight up tells you, asks you, sir, you're a werewolf, and then he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, w where do you go? There's not even some, like, fun name for it. He's not even, like, I prefer, like, shape changer or something <laughs> like that. He's just like, no, yeah, I'm a werewolf. I mean, like, Twilight is fun if you just choose to accept it and just this is what it is and just get into it and ignore don't think about anything else don't think about like good character development just like throw it all away just sit down and then you'll enjoy it especially if like you know the source material because they don't do a lot of explaining yeah you're meant to just like like get in it and then it's it's enjoyable it might not be good but maybe you'll like it I enjoyed Martin Sheen's performance as the scary Volt Volterrier Volterrier. <laughs> Michael guy. Sheen. Michael Sheen. No, that's fine. He's like always Martin Sheen. Michael I was just Sheen. watching something. It was like an ad for BBC, and Judy Dench was in there. It's just like, oh, like the whole thing was like how Judy Dench is always like the top build or like the and in credits. 
Mm. And Michael Sheen was like on the other side of the Zoom. And then some other guy called him Martin Sheen to like insult him. So (laughs) I always get the names confused for sure with Michael Sheen. So don't feel bad. Okay, good. Yeah, Michael Sheen is the bad guy in that. And I was like, hey, that's fun. I knew I recognized his face despite the ponytail. He had fun with the role, definitely. Yeah, he's touching everybody and receiving every thought they've ever had, which you think would be a little painful, but... (laughs) I feel like at this point we should get a little bit more specific, I guess, about this movie. Okay, I mean, yeah. whoever's listening to this sure. definitely, I would hope, has seen this movie. But um, <laughs> oh, yeah. are there any scenes in particular that like really stand out to you, Epiphany, that like you like a lot? And then also like any scenes that like stand out as not being so great? I'm trying to think. I mean, looking back now, definitely some of the dialogue is rougher. But at the time, I loved it because I was like, this is exactly what she says in the book. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. But it can be harder to put that on screen. But honestly, there are some cool moments in this movie if you get into it. Like I said before, her falling into the ocean, her depression scene, when she's running through the crowd of people in red hoods in Italy. Oh, that part's great. They made some good epic moments. And they have some great use of score and some creative shots with like the cinematography and stuff. So there, there are some fun elements in this movie just from a film perspective. Mm-hmm. that I really enjoy now looking back now that I'm older when I was younger I just I loved the angst of it all yeah. and like oh, she's only half without him and... <laughs> and like at least for me I'm just like now I just like she's literally never like she's never been to Italy and she's just running through all these people just to get to Edward I'm like look around you it's beautiful like she does <laughs> she not runs care through the fountain. She's in a yellow Porsche going through, like, the Italian countryside. Does not care at all. But I'm just like, yeah, that's being a teenager, too. You know? Like, <laughs> you don't care about anything except your internal emotions. Rewatching this now, I forgot about the birthday party scene, which is kind of what sets off him leaving right. her. Yeah. Rewatching it now, I noticed some good moments with Robert Robert Pat. I almost said Robert Pattinson Jr. With <laughs> 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 Robert Pattinson. He's a good actor. He definitely tried his best in this. I noticed like more moments. Mm-hmm. Like when he goes into her room and he unfolds the picture that she like folded mm-hmm. herself in. One of my friends mentioned, oh yeah, when I saw that, I thought that he was just noticing now how much she values him over herself and like doesn't even like think she's worth anything. And that's one of the mm. things that kind of makes him leave her as well as, you know, her being constantly in danger around him and his family at all times. Mm. I forgot that he absolutely bodies her into that wall, too. Yeah. He, like, throws her. And it's not even, like, get back. It's, like, mm. he sends her flying. And Jasper's so homicidal still. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't think he should be around people. You keep him in the basement. I think it's meant to be another moment where he just, like, is so strong and has to control himself at all times. And if he doesn't pay attention, he'll literally kill her. And he kind of realizes yeah. that. Also, damn, boy looks messed up in Italy. I forgot. They did <laughs> oh, yeah. him wrong. He had, like, bags under his eyes. He was, like, mm-hmm. ashen and gray. They really, like, oh, they yeah. weren't afraid to make their main characters look messed up. Yeah. <laughs> There was a there's a part when Edward's getting his butt kicked by the Voltaire bodyguard mm. guy and his face cracks and I was like, you know what? I like this. It's like they're porcelain dolls mm. or something. That's actually really good. Like I always wondered what they looked like when they got hurt, aside from the body little rims being ripped apart. Mm. And I totally forgot about the crack. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. perfect. It's- you'll get some more you'll get some more fighting as you watch. You'll get some action, yeah. which is fun. Yeah, it's cool visually how his face cracks, but I'm also just like, wait, what does that mean? And then his face is just fine. But like it's cool visually because mm. the tiles behind him also break. Like the way his face breaks. Mm. Yeah. But then I was also thinking in that scene. Like, this is the duality of Twilight that I've experienced. It's basically, like, <laughs> Michael Sheen definitely has a 5 o'clock shadow, 
but he's a vampire. <laughs> and then it just made me go into the spiral. I'm like, wait, can vampires grow facial hair in this universe? Like, how does the rules of the of beards work? I, they can do everything people can. I mean, they show up in photographs. They You can yeah. see them in mirrors. They, they're not affected by garlic. I think they can do everything people can. They just, if you dismember their head, then they're dead. Yeah. They're definitely not your typical vampires, which is kind of one of the themes of Twilight. Is yeah. Mm-hmm. The legends are true, but not the way you think. Yeah, it's like, you don't know jack about vampires. Yeah, and they don't have blood, which is kind of why the cracking thing happens. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like that. They're, they're little husks, which I was yeah, like, that's good. Yeah, they're like... It means like... Glass. Soulless. Kind of. mm-hmm. Yeah. I like both interpretations of vampires and werewolves in this series, mm. uh, at least in the movies. Like, I haven't read the books, but they're not just like Dracula, where they're just like trying to go after people. Like, the colons, at least, you know? And then... Yeah, it should have mm-hmm. be modernized it. Yeah. And thank God yeah. the werewolves just turned into wolves and not like half wolf right. and stuff. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that would not have been cute. And yeah. um, cute. this is once again for teen girls. So got to no. keep them cute. Yeah, he'd be a cute dog. Not the Van Helsing werewolf I would have wanted. Oh, or just even like Lupin <laughs> in uh, Harry Potter or something. Uh, oh, yeah. that would be pretty gross. Big Dobby. They would not have sold a lot of plushies of that. Yeah, <laughs> no. just looking at like the wolves in this movie, uh, I'm just like, yeah, I could definitely just see this being a, a merch item at Hot Topic. Just like these big like anime mm. type oh, wolves. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, it very much was. Funny story. So I became very Team Jacob when this movie came out. And I got a lot of merch, as you've heard. My dad is great where if we tell him we love something, he'll remember it forever, even though now I'm 24. Yeah. And we'll just get it. Like that Christmas, all I got was Twilight stuff. I got all those posters, <laughs> pillows, whatever else. I got like a tote bag with Jacob's face on it. I had an iPod Nano and I had like the skin on it and his face was like the middle button. <laughs> I had everything. But he funny- pushed his nose to pause. <laughs> Funny thing is that I went to the same church as Taylor Lautner. Wow. And so I saw him like every other Sunday and I would just walk in without thinking with like my him on my shirt and my bag and my iPod. <laughs> and I would just look at him from a distance. And yeah, so that was my child. And he'd be like, yeah, hi, that, that's my face all over your body. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I, I, t- I swear I talked to him all of two times. Wow. But... I saw him often, which is childhood me's greatest dream. Yeah. Our church had like a lot of Disney kids, so a lot of like the girl that um, Allison Stoner went there, mm. and the director of Shark Boy and Lava Girl went there. So he just <laughs> oh, kind really? of casted my church. So wow. it's Taylor Lautner, and then it's Sasha who plays the Ice Princess, and then at Village, um, the kid that played Max, Caden Boyd, went to Village too. Oh, Caden Boyd. And a bunch of the extras in that movie were just kids at my church wow. so like all of shark Boy lava girl was my church and then taylor lana got cast in twilight and obviously like got super big and every time he showed up it was just all the girls in youth group were just like oh my god there he is it's shark boy <laughs> it's shark boy <laughs> yeah. i'd love to do shark boy and lava girl as a bonus episode for this but i think we'll have to wait for spy kids because there's already a bunch of twilight parody oh. movies that we have to cover yeah oh yeah vampire sucks you have to watch <laughs> so you that's seen on it? the list that's there there's all of five funny moments, and all five of those are in the trailer. Yeah. But it was a good... At the time, I went and saw that in theaters. Wow. Saw, like, nice. a horrible parody movie in theaters, and I left disappointed because yeah. I'd seen all the funny moments in that 30-second trailer. I don't really have any specific point I want to make with this movie. I think I've already kind of made it, but... 
I like that Graham Greene is also in this movie as another one of uh, Billy Burke's friends. Right, and, yeah. Uh, he almost gets killed by Victoria. I, I do like the Victoria scene a lot when they're all chasing after her. I think that is very well mm. like directed. Yeah. Like It's a good action yeah. sequence. Chris White's directed this movie. He did Golden Compass right before this. He oh. Also, his first movie he co-directed with his brother was American Pie. <laughs> so it's kind of oh. random. but Yeah, I feel like Twilight started very indie with Catherine Hardwick. Yeah. Got a little less indie in this movie and then after this it gets pretty big budget commercial yeah for sure and uh because bill condon would go on to uh do the last two i guess but uh and mm. he did like you know the newest beauty and the beast like remake the cgi also in this is pretty good yeah. for 2009 or whenever it came out they're probably like they have a couple fumbles in the future movies that i know you'll notice uh... but for now this one is pretty clean yeah, I yeah. think these movies are, like, at least these first two are, like, better made than people give them credit for. They're just like, oh, Twilight, oh, it's bad. It's just like, no, there's, like, some good direction at some points. And, and like, overall, like, it, it looks better than you think it would. Because they probably saw Golden Compass, whoever the producers were, and they're like, oh, there's animal, CG animals in this. Let's hire him mm. for this. <laughs> you can do it. We need, we need big dogs for yeah. this next one. Let's do and this. And he also mm. would go on to co-write Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Oh. So, oh. Yeah, cool. there's a weird mix of people that did really well after this movie, after these movies, and people that absolutely disappeared. <laughs> yeah, and mm. on that point, every director after Catherine Hardwick were men. Yeah. Let alone, so I guess mm. Catherine Hardwick dropped out of the second movie just because like the turnaround was so fast i guess mm -hmm. at least that's what she said in like the initial report or anything oh interesting i just assumed they were like a woman we have just too much money in this movie for that yeah i mean that might also i mean maybe a little call a little call yeah i would definitely there. believe mm -hmm. that especially in 2010 or 2009 or whatever so to that point for what these movies are and everything, they definitely should have hired more female filmmakers to, like, direct these movies. But not but, like, that's definitely, like, a problem that should have been addressed. And mm. I'm glad it's slowly getting better. But I do think this movie's still pretty good. I think it, I think it's effective yeah. for what it needs to be. And watching it now, you forget, you know, what it was meant to be or kind of what movies were like then, especially YA stuff. Or the expectation. But for what it was meant to be, Twilight really worked for its age range and for what was popular at the time. And they did a good job embodying the books and embodying those. Like, Twilight's very well cast. That was, I think, one of my favorite things about it. Like, Twilight and Harry Potter and are just some of those ones that just, they did a fantastic job finding people that fit those roles. And they found fairly good actors. I, that's debatable. But as for what the the characters are like, I think they got people that fit it really well. So fans are pretty satisfied with it, which is why it, you know, blew up so much. And that's the thing I like about Chris Weiss's direction in this. Like, the more I know about him as a filmmaker. Mm. But basically, it's just like, yeah, it's, it definitely seems, in his reports on this movie, like, promising to the fans that he'll deliver something that they'll really enjoy. And, like, that's yeah. faithful. I guess the situation could have been a lot worse where it was just, like, some dude who's just like, oh, yeah, Twilight's dumb, like, ha, ha, ha. But, mm. like, he actually, like, really interpreted, it seems, the source material and, and tried to deliver what, what he perceived people wanted for this movie. Yeah, they, they knew their fan base and they kind of knew what people expected from it. And we did a good job of filling those, which is why you get all those, like, ooh, moments. Yeah. And every, every <laughs> single movie has them. They had that slow-mo shot or just, like, that... For people that read it or for people that it means a lot to, they give you those moments. They really sit in them. They put music under them. They know the effect it's going to have on the audience and they capitalize on it. And the last one especially, I think, because they knew everyone's expectations and they knew how to invert those. 
I'm excited for you guys to finish. Yeah, me too now. You're you're building up this last one to be quite the spectacle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, you'll have to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how effective it is if you haven't read the books because big part of it was that it was so different and that was the first time these movies really changed something. So at the time, it was just like the shock. The shock in the theater was what I, the closest thing I can equate it to was when Avengers, not Endgame, the one before. Assembled. Infinity War. When that Infinity ended War. and Thanos won, and I, oh, sorry, spoiler. Oh. <laughs> if you haven't seen one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, when that ended and Thanos won and everyone was in the theater, like, what? No, like, and everyone died. And everyone was like, yeah. this can't, it's not possible. It can't happen. That was that same reaction where no one knew what to do because they they just couldn't handle it. That's what happened with the last Twilight movie. They already knew it was gonna be a two part movie thing. <laughs> well, at the time, I, it came out, and no one knew it was meant to be a two part thing. Everyone was like, oh, "This is I such that a, was already a thing." From my memory, I just went was like, "This is a full movie," and then it ended, and then we all realized, "Oh, this is a part one," and uh... we're like super shocked and confused by it. So that's the effect the very last movie had on us was just complete like <laughs> shock because like they can't do this shock. they can't change it they can't whatever they can't do this i think that one's fun for everyone because it's like a more actiony and you know kind of a mm -hmm. good build up and all of that the first few are definitely more rom-commy with some fight scenes thing is i love a good rom-com and i can't relate that much to the emo aspect of mm. it I, I try really hard but I, it doesn't gel with me for whatever reason mm. we move on from the angst a little bit in the next couple they get a bit more big budget they get a bit more you know action right, do you cool, wish cool. this was a musical connery <laughs> uh no i don't because i can only imagine the horror that would bring there's somebody must have made a twilight musical it has to exist oh hands down the star kids kids probably did it at one point or something somebody, somebody had, had to, to. something with them Anything that's popular has a musical. I'm curious because, like, Midnight Suns, I believe, is selling really well. That's good. Not that I think they're going to, like, bring back Twilight as movies and stuff like that, yeah, but I'm curious as to, like, what's going to happen to the franchise from now on. Do you think they could talk Robert Pattinson oh, Jr. into coming no. back to the role? <laughs> oh, my God. There's a video on YouTube called No One Hates Twilight More Than Robert Pattinson. You have yep. to, it's the funniest thing. It's just him talking about, like, yeah, the line uh, didn't make sense, uh... Most of my acting was based off the contacts and my eyes really hurting. Like, he, like, rips <laughs> apart the movie. They did a commentary track over the first movie with him, uh, Kristen Stewart, and Catherine Hardwick. And half of, <laughs> half of his dialogue, which is very minimal, is just, like, burning the movie. So I think, I don't know how much he, like, fondly remembers Twilight. Man. He's pretty, he's ripped it apart quite a lot since. Or, like, kind of memed it like everyone else. So there's mm. no way in hell I think they'd ever... Maybe he'd come back for like an interview or something, but he would not do it in the movie, especially now that he's Batman. Yeah, yeah, it'd be kind of interesting. Who who would be like, let's say Midnight Sun is being made into a movie. Who would we cast as like this new reversion of Edward? Oh, I feel like they couldn't do it. Like I feel like people would just be yeah. too upset to like have anyone mm. else be Edward. Twilight's like a hard thing to revamp because it's so memed now. Even we did like a TV special with it, like an HBO Max like mm. mini thing or something. Still no. Well, maybe one day far in the future when enough, like, all the young people, like, didn't know what mm. Twilight was or haven't grown up with it, they'll try to bring it back and see if it's got that magic again. Hollywood's such a big cycle. The YA yeah. stuff right now is super dead. All of them have been bombing, like we were talking Definitely. about. Mm. 
But one day it's going to come back. There's going to be one big movie. Then everyone's mm. going to hop back on the YA train. And maybe then we'll get some more Twilight. I think they're planning mm. on making another Hunger Games movie based on the book, which we which we covered on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She wrote. There's a new Hunger Games book, yes, too, right? Songbirds and Serpents. Mm. I don't know. Is it? Like a continuation of the story, or is it just kind of like Midnight Sun, where it's more of a closer look at a different aspect? It, it's a it's a total prequel. It's it's basically oh. like a it's Snow's rise to power and him mm. like falling in love with his like first tribute he's assigned yeah. to like take oh. care of. That's like the one character I don't care about. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're pulling kind of wicked. They're giving us like the villains' point of view. That's what they were trying to do. They're like, see, now you have sympathy for Snow as like the Hunger Games book comes out, and I'm like. I don't, because he's kind of a sociopath throughout the book, so... Yeah, it's hard when they kind of go back and, like, you know this character that we all universally hate that's, like, you know, a dictator and killing children? <laughs> Actually, he had his heart broken once, so we should care. <laughs> and that's literally, like, his, like, whole thing, where it's like, I, my heart was yeah. broken, and now I'm gonna kill everyone. <laughs> hey, now that you... S- Have you... Did you read it? Yeah. Ah, is it was it good? Was it an effective story, or is it kind of just hard to? It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You can you can check out our full review on our uh, a ah. ballad of songbirds and snakes episode, <laughs> which we recorded a few mm. months ago yeah. with past future guest Alyssa Wise. Yeah, <laughs> check it out in our timeline <laughs> of uh, podcast episodes. But uh, now that you say that, where it's just like, oh, my heart was broken or whatever, and now it's like totally not totally justified that I'm a bad guy, but like I would honestly love, justified to himself. Like now that you say that, it's like I would be so down, like. Like, whatever, throw Cursed Child away. I would love kind of, even if it's not that good, a Voldemort prequel. <laughs> mm. This is what I've been I've been saying for the longest time. Because he has a really fucked up, like, origin yeah. story, apparently. Yeah, I, we get kind of a bit of it in the last movie, which was not my favorite, as I think mm-hmm. most people that yeah. are Harry Potter fans will say. Didn't she write the script for it or something? Fantastic Beasts, she did. Uh. Yeah, she's like the only yeah. credited yeah. scriptwriter, which is probably why there's way too long, there's too many characters, mm-hmm. and she's doing a lot too much. Exactly. But yeah, yeah actually, speaking to that, um, I don't know if it's out yet, but some French filmmakers were making a Voldemort origin story oh. with a couple hmm. well-known like French actors that I just happened oh, to I notice because I, I watched the French version of Scum, and one of the main actors in that is um, playing, I think, Lord Voldemort's younger self. It's called um, House of Gaunt, which if you House like know Gaunt. the origin of Harry Potter, I, it was a prominent, I think, like Death Eater family or something. I don't know if it's out, but I remember seeing little bits and pieces. They have a Kickstarter or something. So oh, cool. if you don't mind reading, good? yeah, the production on it looked pretty good. It was, you know, French avant-garde filmmakers going for it. <laughs> yeah. And they casted a couple of actors that I've seen in other work that's good. So... Sick. If if you don't mind reading French subtitles, maybe you'll get a little bit of a little bit of an origin story if that's out. Après vous avada cadabra. <laughs> yeah, look it up. House of Gaunt, I think. Yeah, my idea for a title for it would be like Marvolo. Mm. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but the marvelous Marvolo. Different. Marvelous Marvolo. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest showman, Voldemort. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> But uh, we're digressing into a different franchise. I think we have oh, to yeah, we are. Back. we are. How do y'all feel about the Volturi? Uh, elaborate. Um, <laughs> like, they're just... So basically, they're just like the ancient vampire, like, coven kind of thing, right? Like, they dictate yeah. what vampires should and shouldn't do kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the bad like guys in Blade. 
the vampire royals, mm-hmm. sort of, that makes sure everything stays under wraps is kind of their whole thing. I mean, I like Dakota, yeah. or I like uh, Michael Sheen. I like that Dakota Fanning's there. Mm. <laughs> They're yep. good vampires. But, uh, I, I mean, this. I feel like this movie does a pretty good job at expanding the world. Like, it does its job as a sequel to expand mm. the world to, like, involve them without it being too... Yeah. Ex- I mean, this movie is pretty expositional, but, like, at least with the Volturi mm. and, like, the outside vampire world, it just does it just enough. Mm. Yeah, they make him a good threat, too. I mean, like, that one, just the bodyguard, like, tears Edward a new one. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, these guys are scary, because up until this point, Edward's been able to do, like, anything and, like, beat everybody, and now he got his, his butt kicked, so you're like, oof. Mm. All right, the, the Volturi are scary. Yeah, I feel like the Volturi or kind of New Moon start to mark the change in Twilight from being mm. just a romance mm-hmm. to kind of having these grander elements of, you know, the yeah. infighting between the vampires, their whole thing with the werewolves. Like, you start to get a little mm. bigger picture and a little more actiony and a little more interesting. The, I feel like there's a thing with Romeo and Juliet yeah. here, especially because mm. Bella's asleep with the book when she wakes up. They watch Romeo and Juliet the movie, and then of course the last scene in the movie is her racing to go go save Edward from killing himself because he thinks she's dead, much yeah. like Romeo does with Juliet right. in Italy too. Mm-hmm. In Italy, <laughs> yeah, I I honestly hadn't thought about that until the other day. One of my friends mentioned it, and I was like, oh my god, you're you're totally right. Yeah, I was I was like, okay, so this movie's basically mirroring the plot of Romeo and Juliet, pretty cool, or at least trying to subvert it and her mm. getting there in time and saving it. And I was I was like, that's good. They definitely have nice. that star-crossed lovers, like, meant to be, but the world is trying to keep them apart. And that's, like, I think, a theme, yeah. a theme in this movie. Like, he realizes how different they are and thinks they can't mm. be together because of it. I, I kind of was kind of, when he breaks up, he's like, of course I don't want you. And I'm like, that's bullshit. He already told you, like, five minutes ago that he couldn't live without you. Mm-hmm. And then she just believes him so, like, readily. She's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I guess you don't love me. Yeah, <laughs> like, self-sacrifice on, is a big theme, I think, in both of their characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, don't kill him. Kill me. It's just like, well, <laughs> all right. like, <laughs> I'd be very confused for having I'd be like, well, what would be the point in that? I eat. I, if I was that Volterra guy, I'd be like, what would be the point in killing you? I eat like 20 of you for breakfast. There's a tour group coming in here. I'm going <laughs> to eat a bunch group. of them. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're nothing to me. Like, of course I want to kill the guy who actually means something. But he's so moved that but, she wants to sacrifice herself for him. A, a human. Yeah, he's really jazzed about it for some yeah. reason. Yeah, they're uh, soulmates. They're in love. They are, they are in love, and that's what makes it all the more powerful. The, that's the, every single movie that is the answer to any any doubt or question you have. It's because they're soulmates and they're meant to be, and nothing can stand in the way. But what about love? I feel like no matter what <laughs> yeah. generation you're from, like I think everyone is nostalgic for young love in one way or another, where it's just mm-hmm. like you just see two young mm-hmm. people in love, and you, like that's just totally a thing in movies and, and in real life. Where you, like in movies, mm-hmm. you just see like people being like, oh, when I was young or whatever, you know? Mm, I mean, I've heard the argument yeah. made, but since this book is made for kind of young girls, it pushes that belief that, you know, love is your ultimate, you know. Right the thing you should reach for in life and you just need to find a person yes. that is like you're meant to be person and it's very much that age old idea and fantasy of you should do anything for the person you love they should do anything for you it's meant to be mm-hmm. no one can stand in your way sort of all of those ideas I don't know if it's I find it problematic or not but I think <laughs> uh, yeah 
It'd be less problematic if, if the men that were like fighting over her weren't problematic themselves. Like mm -hmm. Edward is so like aloof and distant at all times and kind of mean. And then Jacob is, I've said before, literally has rage <laughs> <Yeah>. issues. <laughs> and he's definitely like would be like the abuser in that situation. Was... So I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to because I was watching this with Lily. She's been wanting to watch all these with me again because you know she's seen them mm, a few times. Yeah. Like, but it's been a while. And like I was telling her, like at the end of this movie, like near the end of this movie, I'm like, how is anyone Team Jacob or Team Edward? Like they both are pretty bad. Like they both suck. <laughs> and she's like, you're watching it huh? with Mao's perspective and not with a teenage girl in 2009's right. perspective. Yeah, touche. Like, at this point, I'm, like, I'm Team like blonde-haired regular boy who threw up during face. Oh, yeah. Mike or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she literally. Oh, she literally. The biggest third wheel. Yeah. This movie had the, some great, just... like, teen awkward moments. Oh, it did. That was fantastic. I'm like, I feel like this has happened to me. Like that moment, I was like, yes, that. I know that. <laughs> they, they hit some good comedic timing here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anna, Anna Kendrick's pretty good when they go to the movies, like her and Bella. Oh yeah, oh, she's great. Yeah, she's great. But yeah, there's so many instances where Bella's just like throwing herself because she just wants like Ghost Edward to show up and like be real Edward. And it's just like. <laughs> She's hanging out with like those random dudes. That's just like definitely a bad sign. It's just like, you know, trust her instincts. And mm -hmm. then she's like on the motorcycle and she's like, let me off, let me off or whatever. And then later on, she literally mm -hmm. jumps in the ocean to like drown. So that's well, okay. She wasn't yeah. trying to die. She's trying no, she to like experience like a life or death situation or get that adrenaline rush so that she could see his like, cause he used to save her in all those moments. Yeah. And in those moments mm -hmm. when she's in crisis, she's been conjuring this, you know, phantom of him. And so, that's not actually his powers working. I thought that was like an actual. No, thing. That's in I her mean, mind, I okay. From my memory, no, it's like all kind of her. Yeah. Where even in the like, she stops mentioning his name at a certain point where she starts calling mm. him like him because yeah. just his name hurts her. So she's just so mm. addicted to this idea of him that she'll do anything she can to kind of see him, even if it's just a delusion. So she keeps trying to chase adrenaline or mm. life threatening situations in order to see him and feel close to him again because it's the only thing that's bringing her out of her, her depression i thought that was his powers doing that it's this entire movie i didn't totally didn't think it was a figment area i thought that was uh, like an extension of edward's like abilities no noted good I that makes it a little less so. creepy for me where i'm like like edward's making her life so much more difficult no. <laughs> she's on the most and he's like this is dangerous and she like crashes and I hits her head I, don't, I mean now maybe you can say that it's like a precursor to why Bella is different or something with her, why he can't read her mind is because she has some form of ability kind of thing too, which is she like maybe psychic? Is is that maybe why this stuff is working? Is she a you witch? Would she have been a witch if she went by down the right path? You should watch the rest of the movie. <laughs> I think at this point he thinks she's dead because I think because of Alice, because Alice can she's like, yeah. Oh, what's like I thought you were dead. I saw a vision. It's just like, yeah, I did yeah. jump off yeah, of a cliff. That's what sets everything <laughs> off. She yeah, has a Alice vision. sets it off and then Jacob confirms it when Edward calls out and he says, Her dad's not here. He's preparing for a funeral. And then she mm, and yeah. just standing. She's like, Why the hell did you say that? He's like, Oh no. The good old misunderstanding. Yes, exactly. You gotta push a plot point, misunderstand, use confusing language. Yeah. Very Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. I'm noticing all these parallels now because of you guys. I feel like it was very more in tune with the second half of this movie, but how do y'all feel about like uh Bella and Jacob when they're just like hanging out and like fixing up bikes and throwing pizza that turns into a wrench and <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pizza. Or a bad pizza, depending on what you Literally throws a pizza slice. Oh, gosh, I almost, like, forget about those moments of it because they were, like, you know, less showy than right. all the fight scenes and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But 
from my memory of in the book, it was just kind of you meet Jacob in the first one, but you don't see much of him. And in the second one is yeah. where he becomes a main character. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of that becomes her because she's so depressed. And when you read the book, that um the whole November, December, all of that, every single one of those words is a single page. So it's a white blank page that. with the month in the middle. So you're just meant to be like nothing matters in her life because she's just so deep in this depression. Yeah. And she starts to get out of it because of him. So you kind of, when you're reading it, you're just like, yes, like, please just help her because she is so down in the dumps. I remember Grayson telling me about that. That that literally was just like a page. It was just a month. And they did this like three or four times. I was like, that's actually kind of cool. I actually really like that. That I think just like the movie, there's moments in the book that are creative and that keep people interested in it and that kind of Mm -hmm. do something new. She starts every single one of the books with a quote or with a poem. I forget what starts New Moon. I think the first These book... violent delights have violent ends. Ah, yes, yeah. classic. I think the first one is um, mm-hmm. Ice and Fire, the poem by Robert Frost. Oh. Right, yes. She has a couple good little poet- poetic moments in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, I like how this movie is a mixture of, like you were saying, it's mm-hmm. a romance, but it's also becoming a bigger movie. Like, I like the first movie a lot. I like how small it is in mm. a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's just, it just, it's more so just like a thematic interpretation of what high school is like, like all the emotions mm. like people go through. And it's just like, yeah, vampires, werewolves, whatever, like that stuff. Like werewolves aren't even really in it yet. Uh, it's just like pretty simple. And it's just like, yeah, this, I do feel like this sometimes, like when I was in high school or whatever. And then this one like is expanding to be <laughs> more, I don't know if high concept's the right word, but more like fantastical and everything with like an actual fight between two things. Fantastical is definitely right. If anything, New Moon is definitely meant like the transitional phase in the Twilight books. The next two books Mm. take it a different direction and this is the first one where you start to get inklings of what those next, the mood of those next two movies start to be. Because it would be such a big jump to go from the first movie to then slightly more action-packed and high budget. The final point I really want to make about this movie is just how good, like the first movie too, but just how good the soundtrack is in this movie. (laughs) Oh yeah. All of the movies have pretty solid soundtrack. Even the first one where they had no money. Yeah. First one had a great soundtrack though. That one one was awesome. Muse, man. She's a big, Stephanie Meyer is a huge Muse fan and she says she was inspired a lot in the book by some of their song lyrics and a lot of their work. I think they do an original song later on. They, they get, like the last, Breaking Dawn? Yeah, the last two, I think she has a couple more original songs like made for the movie. But she's a really big Muse fan, so there's a, a lot of them sprinkled throughout. It's rad. Yeah, the first movie has like Muse, uh, this band Mute Math that I like a lot. and uh, Some Claire de Lune. Yes, and then a song by Radiohead from their In Rainbows album, which is my favorite album by them. New Moon has a Tom York song, a song by The Killers, Death Cab for Cutie, Band of Skulls, Grizzly Bear. All these bands that were like, I was definitely listening to at that time. Mm. And I just remember reading, it was probably for Eclipse or maybe for Breaking Dawn Part 1 just like the bands that were going to be in the new soundtrack. Cause I, I, I would get like Rolling Stone magazine <laughs> in high school and everything yeah. and see like, and it's like, Oh yeah, all these bands are going to be in this, this soundtrack. And honestly, like the still, this, the music's really good. And like some of the fights in this movie are just feel like a music video. Basically. I think it's when they're chasing after Victoria, there's like a really cool atmospheric song. Yeah. They did. All, they had, they were given some challenging, material with the book like having to make him sparkle the cg wolves some of the moments that they they had creative solutions for even the fight scenes they kind of do those blurred effects and have them jump around they had to figure out how to make this like not look ridiculous (laughs) yeah and i think music and creative cgi is where they made it work 
that part where Victoria is running, I'm I'm not a big fan of the blur, but what I did mm. really like is you see like the crow like flapping its wings really slowly and mm. she's like running at full speed. I'm like, okay, see, this is the stuff I like where it's like, show me the world around her to make it like, because now I, I understand she's running super fast just even without the blur. Right. Mm, yeah. The whole like top down look with the camera and then it comes down to her level kind of with the wolves following her and everything mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I honestly like in movies when there's like mini- music video kind of sequences. I know like in general, just reading mm. from critics reviews of just like movies in general they hate it when like i know that's a general statement but it's just like that's something that's usually criticized in movies it's like oh yeah the sequence just becomes like a music video which is like honestly they think it's like a cop-out yeah but i think it's it's very in trend right now ever since baby driver and yeah, that's you know, true. Mm-hmm. and all those very style kingsman all those super stylized movies right they were a little ahead of their time with the soundtrack usage mm-hmm. But at the same time, I remember even Tyler, us having this conversation where um, we, we watched uh, Old Guard and they have those like musical moments that it becomes like a music video action scenes. And I think me, you and Jacob, we, we all, it just didn't click for whatever reason. But then mm-hmm. like moments in Twilight were like, you're like, this feels like a music video. I agree. And it, but I was into yeah. it. Like, this is cool. Like mm-hmm. every time they have a song in there, I'm like, it feels appropriate and fine. Yeah. But I, just something compared to like Old Guard would be like. Yes, <laughs> there's like shooting. Show. I'm like, it, it feels dumb. I don't, I don't know what the difference is and how you have to actually like nail it or not. I it's feel such like a fine just, line. It has to fit the story. It has to further the plot. And you know, if you just mm-hmm. jam it in there, like maybe it looks cool, but it doesn't do anything for the story or the characters. Twilight, they use music to kind of make those action scenes hit or to illustrate, you know, like all movies do what they're feeling and stuff like that. But it fits because mm-hmm. it feels younger and it feels, you know, hip and like it fits the vibe of a more teen movie. Where I feel like, yeah, some older serious stuff, it feels kind of random when they just throw in suddenly a rock song. Just mm-hmm. It just feels yeah, like they didn't cool. know what to do or they didn't know how to make it hit. So they're just like, we'll put a cool song underneath it. Exactly, yeah. And, th- and then it feels cheap. But like Twilight kind of presents itself right off the back. Like we use songs like Transition yeah. or like songs you know and then it becomes kind of cool and fun yeah and i think definitely the atmosphere of it being in the pacific northwest or whatever like they shot this in british columbia i guess this movie Mm -hmm. as opposed to the first one they shot in like oregon and washington that's what lily was really saying in the last episode in uh like the first twilight movie basically it's like she likes so much that it's like sent the pacific northwest like as a mood kind of thing and that's definitely like what this music feels like like the whole soundtrack Mm -hmm. basically it's like yeah this is the music i would listen to growing up in like Los Angeles area where it's like 90 to 100 degrees in summer and I'm listening to this music but it's like the mood of that music definitely goes in line with like these foggy woods and vampires and werewolves I forgot <laughs> me watching parts of this I forgot how this ended I forgot that he proposes oh, at yeah. the end the last <laughs> shot only... of the movie is her going we have to end this podcast with <gasps> yeah exactly <laughs> I had to the rewind things my it. Mo- like the things I forgot. Yeah, it was a that's a that's a fun little end. Yeah. I forgot that he like quotes a whole Shakespeare verse in that class just to flex, yeah. and all the girls in the class like keep looking at him. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was for the fans. Well, it's because like he's been through high school a billion times. Yeah, Probably so how many, many times, times he had to watch yeah. Romeo and Juliet on VHS. I mean, or have to read the screen, the, read the screen, like, read the play. Like, geez, I'd be I'd be upset if he didn't know it by now. <laughs> Which I will say, yeah, the movie they're watching is not the Franco Zeffirelli version, the Italian '60s version of Frank, Romeo and Juliet, which I definitely recommend to anybody who hasn't seen it. It's like. It feels like the quintessential kind of Romeo and Juliet. The one they make you watch in high school? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably <laughs> Not the Baz Luhrmann yeah. one? Yep. Yeah, we have that soundtrack, too, on our wall. <laughs> we have the, the record or whatever oh, right. as, like, decoration. I forget what 
version we watched. All I remember is Romeo looked a lot like Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I the version that I watched. <laughs> That's my only memory. And they turned the TV around during the sex scene. <laughs> Yep. Zach Efron, <laughs> a.k.a. Greatest Showman Jr. <laughs> yes, he who will inherit the throne of Hugh Jackman, as has been told in prophecy. The second greatest showman. <laughs> I also like how Bella's friend Eric is just, like, crying during Romeo and Juliet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel like the group of friends kind of, for me, represent the audience a little bit. Like, there's so many moments mm. where they're just like, like, in the lunchroom when they turn to look at Bella who's like sitting depressed in the distance they do good little moments with the cast that kind of feel like making a joke about this in the first movie a lot too with Anna Kendrick yeah when she introduces them in the very first movie they're all walking in she's like that's Edward that's Alice Mm -hmm. I forgot also how much of this movie is her writing emails to Alice yeah which is a great way to slide in the basically exact quotes from the book (laughs) Just making her pen a letter, I guess, type an email. It's the you've got mail of the Twilight universe. So much of that book is she doesn't talk. She's depressed. So, so much of it is her sitting in silence and just her thoughts. And going into the movie, how do you make a movie where the main character doesn't talk for half of it? You write emails and have her do voiceover. write emails. It's good, though. It totally worked. I mean, I liked it. I was like, that's cool. I like that she's kind of just writing letters to Alice because Alice was the kindest to her. She mm-hmm. was always very nice and accepting and welcoming. So she's she would probably be the bridge into the world of anybody. People pick apart Twilight and, you know, make fun of all that. But I think at like at least the base level, there are things that they did effectively with given mm-hmm. the source material they were given. They found creative solutions. And in the next couple movies, you'll see that, too. But they did a good job with some of those little moments because they were definitely, these aren't the easiest movies to adapt to screen, especially because it's so much in her head. It's just a lot of her thoughts and emotions and it's very, very first person. And that can be very hard to put on screen, especially like when, like I was saying, the main character is kind of a blank sheet of paper. They have some challenges. I guess I already said I made a final point, but I just want to shout out because uh, I feel like he's going to disappear in the future movies. I feel like this is a time, but plays uh Kristen Stewart aka Bella's friend Eric uh Justin Chan oh yeah it seemed like he started out as like a YouTuber and then also like an actor in like mostly the Twilight movies oh you did know, he's he? like just doing like supporting stuff I'm um, trying to, yeah what else has he done it's, yeah the cast yeah. is there's some people that have hung on really well Anna Kendrick and Kristen Stewart and mm-hmm. the very main people not Taylor Honor but um, and then just some people like the rest of the Collins. I've seen them, and I think some of them have TV shows or something. But mm-hmm. they've just kind of not done much since, which is crazy because yeah. everyone thought that like the whole cast, because it was so big, was gonna go on and do a bunch of stuff. But then I think they were kind of hurt by the the YA title that was put upon them. Right, and that's why I wanted to shout out Justin Chan and, uh, and specifically because mm-hmm. you know he was in like that movie like Twenty One and Over. I don't know if you remember that that movie or not oh yeah he uh, after that basically he transitioned into directing i was gonna say he's directing now isn't he yeah he's coming out with a new movie called blue bayou but in 2017 he directed a movie um oh gook gook yeah i heard about it which is set during like the la riots and everything it's supposed to be really good it seems like it's really highly rated so i definitely need to check that out and i'll i'll come back at some point in this uh franchise and talk about it probably but i just think it's really cool that he was just like friend of bella in this movie and he went on to be like you know putting his own input his output out there you know and like being a creative mm-hmm. person on his own and finding his own path i think that's yeah, really that cool rad. especially yeah. particularly being like uh an asian actor and and filmmaker in, in hollywood 
That's mm. pretty cool. So, yeah, he, I mm-hmm. went to um, every, they used, I mean, probably not this year, but they used to do during um, Asian Pacific Heritage Month on the steps of City right. Hall in LA, they did Identity Fest and they gave out awards and he accepted one for, Gook, oh, I think, cool. last oh, year. Awesome. So he's been doing well. He also, I worked an event for a show called Drama World that he was in, which is, I think it's on Netflix now. It's basically this main character who's a big fan of K-dramas falls into one and ends up having to live through the cliches of being in a K-drama and he's the best friend or another main character in that. So I met him briefly a couple of years back when he was working on that. Oh, wow. But he's done a lot since from being fun. kind of more the comedic friend to directing and doing more serious subject matter. Well, we're coming toward the end of our time, I feel like. I'm going to say this. It's fitting with our theme of werewolves. Mm-hmm. You can transform into any kind of were-creature you like what oh. do you turn into? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think what's the most useful. What would be the most useful? Because, like, no one wants to be, like, a lizard. Like, what does that do for you? Nothing. Well, you can <laughs> climb on walls, maybe. You yeah, but push-ups. birds can fly. Why would you choose a lizard? <laughs> birds can fly. Also, does that risk you, like, being attacked? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. People will be widely accepted of a big bird flying in the sky. Oh, so, like, like a big lizard. A lot well, of people you... in the world, like, know that people can change into animals. So we're in a society that accepts sure, yeah, that. Sure, of shapeshifters. Okay, yeah. good to know. That affects the answer. Are okay, you a cool. human-sized, like, if I t- was a were-lizard, <laughs> I would turn into, like, the lizard from Spider-Man, basically? Yeah, you'd be, like, either a bigger, like, the size of the wolves in Twilight is how big you will get. Oh, damn. There's, like, all those animals that have, like, that can see more colors than us or breathe mm. underwater. What's a useful thing to be? A were-porpoise. <laughs> a were-porpoise. <laughs> I am a were-porpoise. A were-narwhal. <laughs> Your head just turns into a dolphin. Shoot water out, you blowhole up people. I guess some form of bird of prey, because then you can travel far, no one messes with you, people don't nice. shoot you because you're cool looking. Yep. Oh, and point. if you were human sides, you could get way further too. Yeah. So you'd be like go. you'd be like a big scary like rock or something flying across the sky and people would be like, That's normal. I live in this world where that happens. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. That's probably <laughs> a pretty quintessential answer, but flying sounds fun. I want to turn into a big bear. I think turning into like a giant bear would be really fun. What would you do as a giant bear? I'd hibernate, I'd catch salmon, I'd chill, I'd be <laughs> You just I'd be like warm camp essentially? You just yeah, wanna just go camp. camping I, as a bear? Yeah, I I just walk around the forest and people be like, Hey look, big bear and I'd be like I'm Big Bear. You're right. I, I eat trash. I w- visit people's campsites, and they're really uneasy, but they really want to film me. <laughs> You'd run into uh, Werner Herzog, and he'd be like, I respect you for all your bareness. <laughs> yes. Yes, I make Werner Herzog make a documentary about me. <laughs> uh, I would be, I think, a were tortoise, because I would just be a giant tortoise, and I would have, I guess, once in a blue moon, or one. However, werewolves work. You turn into once in a new moon. moon. (laughs) Once in a new moon when there's no moon out. In this one, I don't think the moon means anything. I think they just go when they're angry or when they get good. You can power shift. Yeah, yeah. The movie's called New Moon, but the intro sequence, like you can see a moon, so it's not a new moon. (laughs) But like, whatever, it doesn't matter. It turns into a new moon. Oh, I never thought about that. It works in sequence, right? Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn. I don't know how often eclipses work, but yeah, it's fine. Well, every time there's a new moon, an eclipse quickly follows. <laughs> yeah, there's always an eclipse. But I would turn into a were tortoise, and I have a once once a month, I'd have an insatiable appetite for cabbage. Oh, it's a giant <laughs> turtle! Oh my god, you can make a big turtle in animes and just swim. 
Yeah. Yeah. Build an island on and your then, back. I, I can yeah. see you like walking into like uh, Vaughn's Tyler, just like creaming your head back and forth, and you get to the <laughs> lettuce aisle, and you just like lunge like inhumanly fast, start devouring all the heads of lettuce. I would just have a very chill time most of the time, and if anybody ever like threatened me, I would like summon my powers to like bite them real fast or something. Or but... go in your shell. Yeah. Oh I would, yeah. <laughs> it would just sounds like a nice time, honestly. You want to avoid a situation? Are you so? Are you more of like a snapping turtle then than a tortoise? If, you, if you're biting people, I don't want. Wanna bite people? <laughs> you definitely want to be able to swim. Don't be a land. Yeah, yeah so. snapping turtles can swim. I think you're a snapping turtle, Tyler. You get a little snappy sometimes. Yeah, that's true. If you were sure. like Edward and were like a hundred years old, what would you use that time to do? I I don't have to sleep either. Yeah. Yeah, you don't sleep. You don't really need anything other than like blood every now and then. What do you <laughs> do with time. like a hundred years worth of time? Yeah, I'd spend that time going to high school for a hundred years. Over and over and over again. <laughs> They're like millionaires too, right? Oh yeah, hands down. It's been a while since I read it, so I don't remember, but they have like quite a lot of money from old time Mm -hmm. things. So he doesn't need to go to school. He just wants a sense of normalcy. He doesn't talk to anyone until Bella gets there too. So that means he went to school for Mm -hmm. God knows how long and just was a loner. He knew he would meet his soulmate in science (laughs) class. (laughs) <laughs> he knew. He knew. Alice could have just told him everything. But I guess where would be the fun in that? In my head, I like the idea of me just having like several author surnames, just writing a whole bunch of like books and comics oh. and just like everything and just generating a bunch of content and then being like, this writer did this and this writer did that. They have similar voices, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Nah, it's, it's just something you. else. There's a conspiracy yep, theory just... that you're one person, but no one believes the conspiracy theorists. Exactly. And it's very true, it turns out. <laughs> We went over this during the first movie, but like my enemy would be boredom as a vampire. I I, I feel like I get bored really fast. Oh yeah. And to, to stop myself from like becoming a horrific monster, I probably would do shit like that. Oh yeah, that reminds me of the part in the movie where she has that nightmare that she's old and he's still young. Yeah. Another thing I forgot about. I forget that was such oh, a big yeah. fear of her in hers in both the first two books yeah. was this idea Aging. that he was gonna mm-hmm. stay young and perfect and she was gonna be old and. Ugly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of it with Jacob too, I guess, in a way, where she's like, "Oh, you're younger and stuff." It's just like, I don't. Just, Age just is chill. a big thing with her. Yeah, just chill, Bella. Like, don't perpetuate that onto other people. <laughs> like, I don't well, know. Tyler Epiphany, what, what do you guys do with your vampire time? I would watch just all the movies. I'd be the best Ooh. cinephile ever. I would just yeah. know. All. I feel like you learn languages. You just become like the most well-read person ever, and he just flex on everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good one, too. Well, I would watch the rest of Frasier, which I never finished. <laughs> you haven't finished Frasier yet? Come on, dog. <laughs> it left Netflix whenever I was watching it. The, and then, I uh, hate that it's left Netflix. Oh, that's Tyler, the that's worst. something that hurts my heart. Maybe you could just, well, like, so. pull the Volturi, too, and just, like, build a commune, start a cult, be the new god, mm. and you don't yeah. die, so people are like, you are god, and then you'll just, yeah. you know, start a cult. That was, that's a great choice. Well, we, we can we can set Tyler up for a Christ-like journey, and then he'll come back. He'll quote unquote die, but then he'll come back, and everyone will believe he's the new god. <laughs> You're just like David Copperfield. You just do magic <laughs> tricks, and people are like he's underwater for three days. How does he do it? Oh my God, is that Jesus? <laughs> he just started new religion. <laughs> is that Jesus playing the cowbell? <laughs> um, I would I would call it back to All Be Gone in the Dark and hunt serial killers or something. Oh, Ooh, you're like that's Dexter cool. Vampire. Yeah, that's good. That's then, an anime right there. You're like a vampire yeah, detective. Yeah, that is. That is an anime. It's an actual anime. <laughs> yeah, but then when I got really like, I would be so like, you know, 
over people from like cunning serial killers. You'd probably get super good at it too. Like you'd be like, this is the answer. Better than Sherlock Holmes level most likely by the Mm. end. Yeah. I would be so just like over humanity after finding all the serial killers that I'd spend like another, I don't know, 10 or 20 years on like the Galapagos Islands maybe just hanging out like with a bunch of animals. That makes sense. (laughs) And then you're called in for one more game. Yeah. And then I come back to the real world circa 2009 and listen to... Radiohead and rainbows and mm, definitely need a hobby. Hobbies are yeah. clutch for vampires. Well, I feel like we've covered this movie from I don't know, bottom left to top right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many sort of actual every moments angle. we talked about, but we talked about the concept of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. I'd say you served us very well, Epiphany, of just oh, like coming here and laying down the Twilight Law and being like the world is so much bigger than you guys know and understand yeah. and the culture is strong. Because we're definitely movies made for the culture of it and like the people that already we're in love. I'm excited for you guys to finish it, especially because you haven't read the book. So I'm interested to mm-hmm. hear your take on not having any of the source material, if they still ring true, or if they still are effective films without some mm-hmm. of those things. Which in general, I think there yeah. are. I think there are little pieces you can find in it, even if you're kind of watching it ironically or for the fun of it. Yeah. Well, now I'm excited too. Like, like, like I said, New Moon's my cutoff, and I'm I'm going in blind for the rest of this. I like I haven't oh, seen Eclipse. Yeah. I haven't seen Breaking any of the Breaking Dawn. So now I'm just like. Brave New World territory. It gets there's some there's some wild moments that you'll have fun with. Good. I think I'm excited. Yeah, Connor, I think I definitely like made clear how I feel about this movie. I still feel like a little bit just wrapping up now, like how how much of this movie did you like? Like what what would you give this movie basically? Like I did, did you like it better I, than, than the first movie or less or what? No, I, I liked I like the first Twilight a little, a little mm. more than this one. The only thing that's this series is making me learn about myself is i feel like i'm really extra when it comes to monsters like there's so much around like i'm I'm looking at the werewolves and i'm like oh they should be bigger or like scarier they're like mm. fur should be like spines and like really just terrifying but like of course they're not because they're not made for me they're, it's it's a teenage girl romance mm. book so no well, and, it's the whole thing it's meant to be like modernized monsters yeah modernized roman juliet modernized all those things Exactly. And I, I need to like get over that and look at it through the lens, how it's mm. supposed to be viewed. And so, I don't know. There's this other part with, uh, with Jacob where she always says like he runs hot. Like that's just his thing. Yeah. Oh, right. And they're, yeah. And they're in the pouring rain. I think there's, he ha- he's steaming at some point in it, but I, I kind of <laughs> wanted that to be like really obvious, the rain, to, the cold rain to hit him and his body should be like, and it'd just be like lava hot or something. <laughs> Hot in real life and hot in that instance, but like maybe that'd be too that. obvious. But I don't know. I was I was like I was like he should just be like steam should be coming off. I'm like this guy like He's runs not on that heat. Hot. Like, that's He's just like a thing. warm person. Yeah. No, I need him to be like practically almost on fire. Oh God, you just can't touch him. He exactly. burns you. So he that's burns where I'm like, you when you touch him. Exactly. Yeah. Edward's a cold, man. wet thing, and he's the lava boy. And <laughs> shark, shark, he's shark now he's boy, lava, not lava boy. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you know, but it was just funny thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> but the the point the point uh, the point I feel like I'm trying to make is I need to get my I want my monsters to be completely over mm. the top and everything to be over the top and just really just come down off that a little bit, especially for these next three movies that I know nothing about. Yeah. And really just watch them and don't project that at all so i'm looking forward to trying to do that all that said for this for the second movie i think it's okay i I like the first twilight a little better 
I I do like the wolf designs. Like when the first big black alpha wolf shows up, I was really like it. It sold me again. When I where I was just like like yeah, that that's that's a big cool werewolf. That's tight. Several points I enjoy. A lot of it I think it is kind of boring. Like her her depression <laughs> phase. I, I I feel like I can't relate to that unfortunately. In in high school at least, I my depression came at a different point in my life. But the I, I don't know. Like it, it's fine to me. Like like I said, I'm I'm happy you guys can like be like it, it's my high school. Like these moments, I'm just like I was a very happy dork, and so <laughs> so I it doesn't really touch on me exactly. But I I can see how it can affect and probably mean a lot to other people. So. Mm. I'd say all in all, I'd give it like a like a six or a seven out of ten, maybe. Okay, that's pretty like good. Six point five. Yeah. Six out of ten uh Pause. howls at the moon. <laughs> I'll give it six Edward Force Ghosts. <laughs> nice. Well, all right. Sounds good. Well, what's your star rating for it? Yeah, Tyler, uh, come on. I don't know, because we normally don't do this, but I guess I'm forcing it now. Yeah, I would give it somewhere around there too. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, like I agree. The first one, the first one yeah. better. I think most people like the first one better. And I think in my memory, the first one stands out a bit more too. Yeah. Mm. This one has more cringy moments, I think, mm. than the first one. But it was still pretty entertaining, to be honest. So mm. We love a good it's not all. Story. It's not all bad, for sure. <laughs> no. So, well, this is well, so fun. I forget. Like, this brought back so many memories for me. Yeah. It was such <laughs> a good. thing that I just, like, I don't think about anymore. But going back, yeah. so much of my... I have so many, like, habits... From reading the book, like when you said he runs hot, I used to like think like I run a little warm. Stars, so I, I was like, oh my god, I'm like a werewolf because like <laughs> I run like 98 naturally. And I started biting my lip because she bites her lip like every other line in the book. And she, made, I remember thinking like being happy I had brown eyes because Bella had brown eyes. And there's some quote in the book where Edward's like she had like deep brown eyes, not flat like Ooh. other people. There's so many like little things this book did like in my life and other girls' lives. I thought of like a weird vampire thing she could do to Edward. Like, do you think she ever bites her lips so hard that she draws blood and then kisses Edward just to like mess with him? I, mean, I imagine that'd be kind of like a funny thing. He might Jesus. accidentally kill her. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she got a, a paper cut at that party and it set off a whole lot. Hey, yeah, come on, Jasper. Really did. Yeah, Jasper. Jasper needs to calm down. Like, I don't think he'd be around people yet. Like, Colwell needs to like give him the talk again. We forget he was like a Confederate soldier. Oh he God! Was a Confederate he wasn't even like a Union soldier. He was a Confederate soldier. So he's just no. like a dirty racist, probably on top of all this too. <laughs> Those are like things people now point out about Twilight that I never even thought about in the movie. Also, he can't really do a Southern accent. It really comes in and out. Evening, Bela. <laughs> I guess he's had 120 years to like become a better person, but yeah. still not still a good to place to people. start. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us, Epiphany. Of course, this is so fun. fun. Do you have anything to plug before we leave? Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> Just watch more Twilight movies? Yeah, everyone everyone, finish up Twilight. It's a, it's a good time. Watch more international content. What I want to say. There you go. I always yeah. talk about shows that no one's seen because they won't read subtitles. So let's get on the subtitles game, guys. Yeah, nice. for sure. I usually read subtitles when I'm watching something in English, anyways, especially if I'm doing it on a podcast, mm. <laughs> just so I know what's I, going on. Yeah. What was it? I remember when uh, me and Lily we like to do commentary tracks on movies we've never seen before, and then to resolve that, now you put on subtitles instead of just yelling at us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I am snappy sometimes. <laughs> I am snappy. Connery, what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also enjoy tabletop or role-playing games, you should check out Starship Impala. 
It's hosted by me and four other friends, and we play the game Starfinder. Yeah, and we just have space adventures. We have over 100 hours of content ready for you to devour. So have fun with that. Yeah. Tyler, what do you got to plug, bud? Uh, Just our show, really. Follow us at FranchisePod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any franchise you want us to cover, yeah, any kind of questions we'll answer on air. <laughs> Ideally, if it has to do with a franchise, it could be about Hopefully. us or... Where Tortoise is, or whatever, I guess. <laughs> Where Tortoise is. And uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the uh, show seen. Thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork, and Nick Viverka for our music. And until next weekend, when we cover Twilight Peace. Eclipse. And on that note, <gasps> another Radiohead song plays. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, buddy.